Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm going to penalise you. (laughs) 20 Minute Tim's flagship episode 330. I'm your host, Jamie. And I'm joined by Stephen. What's happening? And Melly. Yes. And if you like this podcast, if you like these videos, if you like what we do, patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims is the place where you can support this podcast in exchange for extra podcasts, extra videos, extra writing. Uh, we do scouting and we do all sorts of great content on there. So head on over to patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims to support the podcast and get extra content. The link is in the bio, even the bio of the podcast. So last week... We had a bit of a discussion about, you know, the transfer activity dominated the agenda. And as we sit down to record this today, um, we're coming off the back of two matches against Kilmarnock. Yakimakis scored in the cup semi-final, raced to Instagram not some hours later and put right. a little um, a inspirational slash cringeworthy post up <laughs> saying, live every moment like it's your last, which I thought was a bit dramatic. Yes. But I think that sort of gave an indication of where he was heading and where his mind was at the time. And as just before we sit down here, hours before we sit down, it seems like Celtic have accepted an offer, judging by the reports out there. It might be false by the time the podcast goes out. It's a Romano effort, isn't it? As a Fabrizio Romano has yes. been talking about it on Twitter. A, a, yeah. a Fabrizio Romano, amongst some others, by right. the time we sat down. Celtic have accepted an offer, Martin Melly, of, from Urawa Red Diamonds in the J-League of around €4 million. Euros. Don't, know why, uh, don't know why it's been quoted in Euros. It's between a Japanese side and a Scottish side, so it's about three million, right, yeah. £3.5 million. Pounds. Um, does that represent, if that were to be true, if that goes ahead, three and a half million pounds for Georgie Shakimakis after 18 months when he's got three and a bit, three and a half years or so left on his contract, represent good business? Um, I don't think it represents good business for MD apart from maybe Giacomakis' mm. bank balance. I think it's disappointing from my point of view. I like Giacomakis as a player. If we are going to sell him, we're not making that much profit on him. So I'd rather keep him. If the guy wants to go, then you have to look at that. But just don't really see how the deal benefits MD. I don't see where Giacomacus is going with this, apart from a bigger paycheck. So disappointed all round in the deal for us and for him, to be honest. Stephen? Well, the thing is, on that, we're, we assume that, right? But we assume that Giacomacus has been given an offer that's mind-blowing to mm. go to Japan and therefore that's the appeal. So he needs to get out here as quickly as possible. And he can't wait to go, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, we've had some players who were absolutely choking to leave this club over the last few years and were absolutely pilloried for it. Mm. He seems to be skating scot-free yeah. with his reputation intact, despite being absolutely giddy to get out of this club. Ayer. Edward, yeah, right. <laughs> it's a weird phenomenon you picked up on it just before the podcast we started around recording with Christopher Ayer and Edward and all these other players they want to go and it's like oh bloody you know bloody murder for them wanting to go and even though they're going rats. for big rats <laughs> big money they're going for big money and securing the future of the club this seems to be the first instance where we've got a player wanting to go and everyone's like ah, well if he wants to leave just let him go 10 in a row hysteria in a cold light of day we're all a bit, a bit more reasonable about things but where I was going was yeah, well, we assume that Yakimakis has been offered a, a significant pay rise to go to Japan, but I'd be astonished if that's the case. I, don't, don't get me wrong, there's obviously something in it for him, so he will be he will be on a bit more. But again, as we spoke about maybe last week or the week before, it's Japan. It's not like the it's not like China a few years ago, and it's not like the MLS where they have those kind of blue chip signing mm. things where where they break their their salary cap for it. Don't see Japan being a huge like money pit for, for some or like a, a, a huge pair for a guy like Yakimakis as besides the point don't really care what he's getting paid the fact is he's he's looking like he's out I'll be honest I'm kind of 
kind of done with the, the drama of the Yakimakis Willie won't he transfer out saga? Mm. But the reason it has gathered or it has caught my interest again this week is because every time I turn around, it's less money we're getting. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, Inflation. <laughs> I'm getting sold right now <laughs> in case it drops any further. I feel like it's like the opposite of one of those things now where if you try and order, like not that, not that we, we would, and not that they're sponsoring the podcast, mm. but now Domino's always run like deals. So it's like, I don't know, two large pizzas for a tenner or whatever yes. the deal is and then as soon as you click through it's like 26 quid mm. that when you, you get to your basket I feel like this is the opposite of that <laughs> we've been trying to sell Yakimakis for 7 million pound and all of a sudden we've walked away with three and a half no idea how this has happened there's a couple of elements to look at this isn't there there's like the, the football fan element like whether you like Yakimakis because another thing that I really don't like is how cynical everyone's gotten recently like oh well if we buy him and replace him with somebody else that's fine yeah but there's a lot of assumptions there yes. you're just assuming we're going to go out to the market and find someone who plugs in directly like just unplug Yakimakis, plug in another player, scores all the same. It's, it doesn't really work like that. No. There's, there's, there's the football fan element, and I like Yakimakis. I know he's, he's moaning and snivelling recently. He's sort of gotten my, my tits a wee bit. But <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was trying to find a way not to say that, but I just couldn't. I just couldn't. I just couldn't avoid it. Eh? There's my one swear from the podcast <laughs> wasted on the word tits. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, Said that again. Uh, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, they tend to come in pairs. <laughs> so, um, there's that way. To, there's, that, there's that way to look at it. Then there's like the business side to look at it, and then there's the replacement side. So, I, I just can't see any sense this transfer because we're, we're selling it for what we bought them for. So it's not like a flip. It's not like the player trading model. We see what we get, give or take a couple of million. What we bought them for, and then you look and you go, well, what can you get for that money in the market historically? Say we get five million pounds for them or five million euros. Well, that's a Yeti money. That's yeah. no really solid go out to the market, get a striker because the scoring rate was good for us. He's, yeah. he, he chips in with goals for us. So I'm I'm a bit worried about, there is a degree of reservation about whether or not we can replace his contribution to the team uh, for what we're getting in. And then I'm also perplexed by the five-year deal thing. Why sign a player on a five-year deal if we're powerless to hold on to him after 18 months? Uh, I think it's a strange deal all round because of this. Like, uh... From his point of view, I thought he'd be looking at the PK's powers right now and saying, right, do you know what? I'm at a good, a good level right now. I'm playing at Champions League football. I'm playing in a team that wins. To sacrifice that to go to Japan at this stage of his career, that could be there for you in four years' time, I'd think. But to go right now when he, he's playing well and he's at a decent club for his stature, I'd yeah. say, for the, the way he's came up in football. So I don't understand it from Celtic's point of view. Look, if he wants to go, okay, but that doesn't mean you, you let him go for as little as that. And look, I know it has to depend on teams who come in for him, who, who's in for him. So it's a buyer's market, but it just it doesn't make sense all round for me, player and club-wise, because I think Celtic were in a good position. I'd like to know more of the ins and outs of why the guy wants to leave. Celtic don't have to sell him, but if he wants to go... There's no point keeping them around, but I would like to see him go on to something better. This is just a wee bit disappointing for me. On the replacing them, yes, look, if we get go out and buy a, buy a guy at, what, five million, that's a Yeti, but we bought Jakimakis for less, we bought mm. Kyogo for less. There was talk last week about Celtic buying Hatate, a couple of players for less than Rangers bought Matondo for. So it's about who you who you spend the money on rather than how much you spend on. So there will be players out there we can go and replace them with. Whether that is effective, I've said before, I think we can get a better player, whether he scores more goals. Mm. But I don't know, it's just it's strange. I can't really get my head around it right now. Maybe in the fullness of time, maybe it'll be easier if we already had a replacement in. Yeah. I'd be a lot less disappointed in it. But until that happens, I'm still going to be... Ange says Ange said after the, the semi-final there that he's hoping to get one more in after uh, the window or before the window shuts rather Stephen but people seem to be taking this he wants to leave thing as red whereas I'm not too sure where that's coming from because all the rumours prior to this was that Yakimakis wanted more money which again begs a question about these five-year deals everyone seems to come on a five-year deal but after a five-year deal we seem to have two players who seemingly want to leave for more money and you're like well why not just give them the three-year deal because if really the... I don't, I'm not too sure why this this transfer's arisen, but the thing about him wanting to leave, everything, all the rumours seem to be contrary. He seemed to want more money, he seemed to be quite happy to stay at Celtic. Well, contracts can sometimes be slightly more 
you know, convoluted and complicated than just it's five years for the same amount of money. So you're, you're signed for that mm. length of time. This is your value. We'll sell you if such and such a bid comes in. It may well be that at the time of, of negotiation, he and his agent said, look, we're going to renegotiate this in 18 months' time. If, yeah. we, if you want him to sign a five-year contract just now, that's a, that's a big commitment from my player. What we'll do is we'll look at this in 18 months' time. And if you're not prepared to offer yeah. X amount, then True. we'll probably look to go. And every that's not like the agent pulling weird fast ones or anything like that or, or underhanded tactics. Everyone will have agreed to that if that happened. Again, I don't know this, but if that had has happened, and it wouldn't be unusual for that to be the case. We'll, we'll, ha we'll have a look at this in a couple of seasons. It probably wouldn't be 18 months. That would be an odd thing to do, but it just turns out like that, that's the position we're in just now where things have ramped up a little bit. It might have been that but after one season, let's have a look at his his contribution and we'll maybe look to increase his wages. Mm. Celtic maybe just aren't prepared to do that at this point. Maybe they've just decided, look, he was a big factor in winning the league last year, winning a double last year, but we don't really see him contributing going forward. We, we're going to look to get a certain type of profile of player in. Yakimakis might fall down the pecking order. Therefore, fine, let's yeah. just let him go. That This might be the case. So it might just be a bit a bit more complicated. I don't really see the point in the five-year contract, but it might have been like, well, we Celtic wanted to give him three years because of his age at the mm -hmm. time. But he said, well, we'll sign five if you put these clauses in. It could be just a case of that. I spoke to an ex-Celtic player last week, just a <laughs> chance meeting. Oh, here we go. Yes, yes. How is bowling, how is bowling goalie? <laughs> <laughs> Still holding. Still holding. Uh, autographs again? <laughs> <laughs> he said that he'd heard Jack Amakis wanted double his wages and that's mm. why he wanted to go. And I was like, oh, But he's not getting double his wages in Japan. I just had a look there. You know, yeah. Red Diamond's top players on 15 grand a week. Yeah, but that's what he's on the now. But all the reports seem to be is getting a big, big wage rise from... Like, Fabrizio Romano and all that seem to be saying that I know the players there aren't there so I, I, I took that with a pinch of salt last week because it was around the time where Jack Amaka's chat was quieting down and then so happens he's the guy said look he wanted to double his wages he wanted to go from 12 to 24 Celtic said look no chance mm. he's going to Japan and it's quieting down in Japan is that double? can you just check the maths on that? Uh, carry the one it's <laughs> something like that okay. yeah right, okay carry on Melly. <laughs> but then now it's it comes out that he's actually going to japan so maybe it was true but for a player at 28 year old to be doubling his wages to be on 24 mm. grand he's not first choice there's no resale value but i think somewhere in the middle you could have been met but celtic might have right set on something else let me ask you a question mischievous one Ooh. right who conducted these deals? It was Ange and Michael Nicholson, presumably, that got these deals in, right? What if, what if, what if Peter Law was still chairman <laughs> and you were selling your first choice right back and a striker with the scoring record of Yakimakis for buttons, for buttons absolute peanuts after a year, the, after a year or so? Would the, would it not be hitting the fan? Would would people's perception of this not be wildly different? Look, this this is the criticism Celtic opened themselves up to mm. the day they announced that deal. It's, I'm not saying he's no, involved now. I'm just saying he's been, had, had he had he still been in row if it wasn't Michael Nicholson today. How would so, it be yeah, perceived? So, so if he'd never left, so, yes. so Peter Lawler was here the entire time and these are the kind of deals getting mm. done, aye, people would be furious. There's, because no, there's no doubt about it, aye. People never do this, but they would look at Peter Lawler's transfer stuff and go, well, we were getting like big money for players. <laughs> Even in the back in the days of like Danny <laughs> Fox, we were doubling our money on a left back that we didn't really want anymore. We're not really doing that just now. We're mm. just sort of getting moving guys on because they want more money or because they've got an option. How do you think the perception would be if the roles were reversed? And it... Uh, Mr Lola did get your text yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah look I, th I think it is a big difference is that Celtic are doing well and they're winning leagues and they seem to have a plan right now before it when uh, old Pistol Pete you felt like right there's no there's no reaction to that well, mm. we are a reactive cl club rather than a proactive club and I think Celtic have changed that about so like, yes in maybe a week or two if we brought somebody else in we'll go oh do you know what maybe now it makes sense but if Celtic are winning doing well Jakimakis isn't first choice. It makes it a wee bit easier. If Kyogo was to get injured on Wednesday night, then mm. the panic buttons would start to get hit, and rightly so. So Celtic should have something lined up soon. We've seen them do it before, but just, I can't get away from the fact that I'm still disappointed in Jakimakis as well. The fee, aye, it's football fees. They don't really mean much because it depends on what a team's willing to pay for them. But I think Jakimakis could have been a really good player for Celtic. He's been decent. 
for a year now he came back in January and was really good I think he could have been a real cult hero now and he's just sort of thrown that away for uh, me yeah, see what you said last week about Stephen Welsh you, mm. you said do, do, do you think him sitting in the position he is does he actually play for Celtic you, you cited the old Brendan Rodgers quote about how you, you're just being in the door mm. and having your own tracksuit and all that isn't you being a Celtic player it's I'm paraphrasing there yeah. but <laughs> he, he was fond of that wasn't he yeah <laughs> yes and the way I'm looking at Yakimakis is let's not underestimate the pull of being the main man somewhere well, as well. That's a very it, handsome point. He's 20, thank you. Because <laughs> I, I, was, I was coming yeah. on to that. So he probably says, right, I'm at Celtic. It's a great place to be. It's the biggest club he's ever played for. He's been really successful there. But I've got two years left at the top here. I've mm. got two years left in my athletic prime maximum rate. I want to be the main guy. I want. I want to be Kyogo. I want to be. Yeah. Well, maybe not even Kyogo. That why he's got to Japan. Uh, well, <laughs> I, well, why not? He's never going to get a move to like a a Bundesliga team. Or see, even if he does, see if he goes to England, see if he goes and signs for Southampton mm. or something. He's third choice striker there. What was the point of there, that? There, apparently, is there are other options on the table. But this is the most concrete one for him. Other yeah. clubs are interested in him. I think Atalanta was mentioned in the teams in the MLS. But I take. I think it's a very good the, point. These are questions we ask of players all the time. Mm. Or oh, where's your ambition? Why do you not want to play football and all that sort mm. of thing? So. Why, I mean, if if that is his primary motivation, as well as the the wage rise that we've speculated on, again we assume that he's going to get a decent a decent whack over there. But if he's got a chance to be, go over there and be a proper like fans hero, the number one guy at the club, the striker that's going to play every single time, none of that's getting brought on mm -hmm. with fifteen minutes to go and all that, which is kind of his his now default position here. Then that's a, that's a pull for players, especially a guy who has got to this stage of his career. We said last week that he's. All of a sudden, his career has picked up momentum out of nowhere. Mm. A, a long time of doing absolutely nothing. Then he hits this amazing season in the Netherlands, and then he, he uses that to springboard the Celtic. Had another good season. It's he, his career's picking up momentum just as he's getting to, towards thirty. Being the number one guy is going to be a big pull for a so guy. So maybe like that. maybe Yakimakis came to Celtic on the promise of Kyogo's my number one. He's always going to be num my number one. We're going to bring this guy in, um, but you you will all you can battle for your place. You'll always have a chance. And he's went okay. I'll give it eighteen months. I, that's fair enough. If that's the case, we're having a look at it from all sides. Playing football, brilliant, mate. Do do what makes you happy. But I just feel it could have been. From my point of view, I think he could have been a, a real good Celtic. Well, player. any striker that comes in, aren't they? They're going to be second choice to Kyogo. Realistically, yeah, yeah realistically. Uh, but we've seen from Kyogo that he does get injured, or he does need rest, or he'll go through a wee spell where he needs taken out. Celtic have got a lot of games, so yes, you are backup but that doesn't mean you're not featuring in every game mm. pretty much you're going to play a game a week maybe so yeah it's a squad game these days but do you think thinking about it now I'm disappointed he's going obviously I've mentioned that a lot but mm -hmm. I'm looking at Jack and Marcus and as much as I love him he frustrates the, the hell out of me when he's playing like at the weekend there just if Celtic are doing something and it's I'm always like that don't foul him, don't foul him, mm. don't foul him. Every single time Jack and Marcus fouls him and just wee things like that, some of his touches in the middle of the park, you're like, you ever seen a football, mate? Do you think, <laughs> do you think because of his scoring rate and all that that may, we maybe overrate him? Because if you're looking at him going to Japan, have we maybe thought, oh, he's better than that? Is he? That, no, because I think, I think a lot, that, well, do we think he's maybe better than he ends up in Japan? No, but I just think players get criticised for being like lacking technical ability but always being in the right place at the right time to finish the goals, but that's obviously very difficult. That's because, a technique itself. Yeah, right? because there's dozens, hundreds of thousands of footballers going through time who have tried that. We've seen a lot of them. We've seen a lot who've tried that. You know, we thought that was a Yeti. We thought the guy can't run, yeah, but yeah. he pops up in the right places and gets the finishes, and obviously he doesn't. Well, see what we were describing Yakimakis in these terms as well, and I do agree. Is he's a huge player, a huge fan's favourite, and has been very effective. But maybe that's another answer to this conundrum as well, mm. or to this mystery. Maybe Ange has basically just decided he doesn't really want him anymore, and yeah. it might just be that all the things we are talking about, they're popping up at the right place. These these opportunistic finishes he. He scores all the time, and there was another one just in the right position. Maybe he wants that, but better. Yeah. Yes. That, but faster, better on the ball, more technically. The guys have been linked with, and I know this is another transfer saga that, that is no conclusion, but Cho has been linked with. Mm. Maybe he's just seen as that guy, but just a, an upgrade. Yeah, that, that and, might just, just be the case. Just to sort of put a button on it, I think also the, the wages thing is something we need to consider. We've got a massive squad we ran through yeah, yeah, recently yeah. in another podcast. It's quite bloated at the moment. If these guys have taken lump Juranovic in, if both of them are on twelve thousand pounds and we're like, look, 
if you want to give him 24 grand, we can, but it means you can't bring an MDLs, then maybe we're saying, well, look, do you know what? With that money, I'm pretty confident in some yeah. of the options I've yeah. identified, I can bring someone else in. Yes. So we'll, we'll put a wee button on the, the Yakimakis thing and we'll have the mystery transfer saga once again, probably next week when it comes <laughs> when, when Juranovic Yuranovi, when leaves. Um, you better go this time. I'm getting sick. <laughs> I know. See if you're sitting here again next Monday talking about, uh, you know, his, his big value and all that kind of stuff. I'll be <laughs> furious. Like, don't come back for any Yakimakis <laughs> chat, uh, right? He's got, he, he's done now, um, unless he gets a big move somewhere, surprises us. Yeah, yeah. UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Three, two, one. Happy New Year, Happy New Year from our friends at Manscaped. The ball has officially dropped, but that doesn't mean you have to drop the ball on your balls in 2023. <laughs> Whether you had a New Year's kiss or not, the leaders in the below-the-waist grooming have got you covered for your much-needed resolution of bringing sexy back. Join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code TIMS for 20% off and free shipping. Let's have a toast for a new year, a new you, with no pubes. <laughs> it's a new year, new balls with the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming. This year, take your package to the next level with a performance package Package 4.0 and other premium wet goods. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find a signature lawnmower 4.0. The advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts. It also comes equipped with a 4000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2023 looks to be. Cheers to new balls in 2023. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code TIMS. Time to feel sexy and free this 2023 with Manscaped. What was the score against Kilmarnock in the last league game? 2 0. 2 0, yes. We beat them 2 0 at Celtic Park. After that, someone in Kilmarnock, someone in Ayrshire, <laughs> fired up the computer, opened Twitter, wrote different ball game next week. See you at Hamden. 2 0 again. Um, exactly the same ball game, mm-hmm. same score, same everything. The only difference was, uh, I suppose, the, the pitch, which was. Melee makes the noise it, it astounds me The state of that pitch We won't get into The Hamden rant We'll talk about How bad Hamden is In a minute Just I just want to Initially touch on How bad the pitch was For a semi-final The showpiece occasion The pitch doesn't get Played on weekly anymore <laughs> It's not like Q, uh, Queen's Park Are sitting Chewing up the pitch Every other week It's just sitting there You're going to say QPR there. I was going to say QPR <laughs> QP. QP Yeah QP No R <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was very surprising To me Melee Anything else Anything else surprising to you 
Yeah, no, it was abysmal. You, when you got to the game, when you made it through that weather and seen the pitch, like, that's that's new. It yes. should be new. <laughs> What's happening here? Is it diseased like our pitch oh, from a few years ago? Yeah, remember that? Remember. Minded the clap for a bit. But, <laughs> God. Oh, God, really I've used that one before. Yeah, Colin. that's fine. But the, it was abysmal. And it wasn't, it was when you seen the players running, you're like, oh, that's terrible. And look, I know there's been a, a lot of rainfall, but that, that was really, really poor for a showpiece yeah. event where that pitch is getting used twice in the one weekend. Mm. I know the weather was disgraceful, but for it to cut up like that, very quickly in the first half was very poor and it's not the first time we've had the complaints about the Hamden no. pitch it happens maybe every second season so something has to be done about can it can weather be disgraceful is that a bit talk sport of is it it's an absolute dis- <laughs> it's a disgrace yeah, yeah it, suge- a- it suggests something can be done about it <laughs> yeah. but I mean we've all we've all spoken about Hamden Park on this podcast every time we go we come back going yeah. like the place is a dump <laughs> you can't get a decent pint near it you have to walk for miles it's always why is it always Pouring the rain anytime you seem to be at Hamden, it's, it's, it blows a gale. It's crap. The whole thing's absolutely crap. Uh, I got a chicken curry pie at Hamden before. It, w- it definitely wasn't chicken in it. It, de- <laughs> it definitely wasn't chicken in it. But I got a Donner meat pie at Celtic Park once, and it was the same meat. So there's like I don't. It's, right. it's it was weird. But anyway, that's another complaint. The the catering at Hamden's not really generic matter pie. Yeah, gen- right. <laughs> generic matter pie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's turn our attention to the game again. Yeah, well, for all these reasons, I mean, see, when you, you you talk up this game, terrible weather, terrible conditions, howling a wind. Terrible opponents. Te- well, terrible, yeah, yeah, exactly. A Derek McInnes team on a massive pitch, right? When you when you factor all these things in, the game definitely has a ceiling of quality. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely, it's, you, can, you can only expect so much, even from a team like Celtic, how you turn that into a, a good footballing spectacle is beyond me. It was a... It was a not so great game. Uh, I thought Celtic did decently well. I don't mm. think they, you know, turned it into the you know the footballing spectacle we hoped. But impossible, absolutely Aye. impossible. It was only ever going to be a maximum of a four out of ten from any anyone. I mean, you do have a that. degree of sympathy with the players yeah, in yeah. that one. You know, it's difficult to get enthusiastic to play your football yes. in those sort of conditions, especially when you go one 0 up, two 0 up. You're not going to start doing very much. You just want to get. Yeah. You just want to get in. No, because we were we were in row RR, so we're far back mm. enough. But you're looking at the wind, and you're like, "Why is that swelling? Because it's going all <laughs> over the place." You're looking at the rain flying everywhere and then you're looking at the pitch underfoot. And you, but the game wasn't great and I was getting a wee bit frustrated with Celtic throughout the game but then as soon as the whistle went, Celtic had won it. I was like, you know what? I'm glad this is over because I get to leave and go into warmth. <laughs> so I can't imagine what the players were going. I wasn't getting wet during the game but it was horrific conditions. But these cup, cup semi-finals, like Celtic negotiate them all the time mm-hmm. and this is a team that has negotiated semi-finals, but for this club to go through so many semi-finals, go to Hamden so many times, win so many times, get to so many finals, it's, it's an incredible achievement that we're going through right now. This just it's success, it's just mm. pure success that Celtic are either in the final winning it or in the semi-final or they're just always there or thereabouts. You just expect Celtic to make semi-finals now, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. You may as well just drop us in the tournament at the semi-final because we're yeah. going to get there anyway and that that'll bring... be Laurel's next move <laughs> <laughs> the unseen fiend hand again <laughs> that brings me on to the point that we do expect it now and we expect it right, right we beat Kilmarnock next last week let's just go out and battle them this week mm. as if that's how it works out and I was disappointed at the game that the conditions weren't there but the game was still there to be won Celtic had to go out and win it and they'd done their job but it wasn't pretty at times it was never going to be pretty in that. I seen a wee bit of the Rangers game and the quality was just mm. as bad. Aberdeen, another terrible team. So it, it gets difficult. These semi-finals, rarely do you go into them. Even finals as well, we should bar them. It doesn't work out like that. You still have to go out and win the game and Celtic done that. Hey, just, just the final thing of the way, I felt bad for Jota. That guy's probably never played football in that <laughs> in his whole entire life. He no. probably didn't know weather like that existed. He was probably expecting the game to get called off. Like, well, but we're actually going to he play, play in that. We're, no, going to, we're going to play in this. No chance. No. Uh, Aaron Moy was good again. Oh, oh yeah, excellent, absolutely excellent. Controlled everything, and it's just just an absolutely just a really enjoyable football to watch. So nice on the ball, so confident, so in control. It just exudes this. I've been here and done that control over the game. I don't know if you remember a couple of months back on the podcast that I was saying that one thing you don't see in the Scottish League anymore is like the Eremenkos, the old pros <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, that yeah. turn up. I've made that. Oh, reference that. Ah, yeah, I says, you don't really see that on the podcast. You don't really see that in Scottish football anymore. Then lo and behold, a couple of months later, we've got our very own. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what he uses, that sort of class, that style. Definitely. And it's like, you see, you still see him 
He's, he's much, much fitter than he was when he, they first oh, came. Aye. And that was always the, the talk about how, see, once he gets up to full speed, and I'm doing big inverted commas for speed, right? when, when, <laughs> once he gets up to full speed, he'll be a different player. And that has proven to be the case. Still very, very slow, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, oh, it doesn't really matter though. No. Because it, he, do, he doesn't need Back it. up here. It, it, yeah. <laughs> exactly. He merely taps his tempo <laughs> uh, for the benefit of audio listeners only. Uh, it's um, on camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the benefit of audio <laughs> listeners only. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's a podcast. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it doesn't seem to matter for him because he, as I say, he just exudes this, I've got this energy on the pitch. He's just, he's a mile ahead of his, his opponents in every way. There was a moment in the... I think it was probably the first half actually where he's sw he swarmed by Kamarnock players and they started kind of reasonably mm. quite well, quite well and quite quickly. Sw surrounded, just did a little gentle crouch turn inside and all of a sudden just bought himself 10 yards of space. Yeah, just a really great player to watch. And not only just that, it's not like he's just swanning about there picking out like glorious passes and all that for, to, to look good. He's massively contributing right. to this set pieces as well. Very, very good set pieces. So yeah, he's, he's contributing in a big way now. Does he take Matt Riley's place off him? Currently, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think he has. I think uh, the three midfielders, the three that are in and out, they're on form. I think he's been great recently, Moy. The the performance against uh, Hibs at Easter Road was brilliant. I thought he was a bit hard done by in the Rangers game. Maybe comes on, changes the game. Him and Jota, and I thought he's been brilliant. Just brilliant, a good guy to watch. Yes, he's slow, but I don't care because everything else is brilliant. Yeah, everything's yeah. brilliant. So you can. It levels itself. In fact, it doesn't level itself out because he's better at so many more things that you just go, I don't care. I love watching him play as well. Matt O'Reilly, I think, will be back at some point. But right now, it's the three that are in there and deservedly so. Celtic have got plenty of games, so nothing to worry about. I just I couldn't understand why Celtic signed him at the start. Now, I can't understand how Celtic would play without him. It's as if Ange Postigal knows so much more than mm. me. He's been brilliant. I thought he'd play a different role. He's shown he can play in that midfield role. And, He's got a bit of everything in his game. He can. He works really, really hard, yeah. but he's also got that touch of class and he's starting Crossing. to be... Crossing yeah, the set yeah, pieces yeah. makes a difference and he's a, a bit of a goal threat now as well. Yeah. I think he will score more goals. So I was even thinking that after the game, I was like, do we extend his contract <laughs> well, or do well, we just let it... How long deal? 18 months, two years? Yeah, well, I think he's got a, it was a year with an option. Then when right. he signed, it was maybe two years. So I think it'll be one of those ones we can have a look at at the end of the season. When you actually look back on the transfer now, some of a, a bit of a coup. Oh, I said yeah. it as well. When you, you, we all looked at it at the time and thought, oh, I don't know what's going on here. We thought it was too obvious, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, it, it's the type of guy who will always be linked with an Ange team because he's Australian, basically, mm. and because he's formerly played in Scotland and, and the UK more broadly. But when you look back, like, to be able to get a guy of that like undeniable quality now for next to nothing and get him in in a couple of years. I mean, he's already proven that he can go to China and make serious money. What was it? It was on something crazy in China, yeah. supposedly. He's already proven that he can go and do the what Yakimakis is doing just now, just going to some some. No, I don't want to be disrespectful here, but a non-traditional European or like like properly. Traditional yeah. footballing country, if you, if that makes any sense, he's not going to You're Germany. Trying to find a way to describe the world without being disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, yes, that, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, so, so, so Moy Moy has already proven he can he can do that if mm. if he wants to. He could have gone and played in Qatar or something like that. He could easily get to thirty or th maybe thirty one by the time Celtic signed mm. him. He could have gone and played in Saudi Arabia or something yeah, like that. Probably had turned another two years yeah. out. But he's come to Celtic because he wants to wants to prove that he's still a footballer rather than one of these kind of travelling journeyman guys who just jump to these countries for the money. So fair play to him for doing that and he's he's proven his worth. Big I got this energy from Aaron Moy. Is <laughs> yeah. that one thing everyone's talking about how slow he was, I did like there was a there was a point later on in the second half it might have been. He was on the edge of the Kamarnock box and it was like did a slow motion 360 and got a shot <laughs> off with his left foot and like it was it was really, really yeah. slow. No one could do it. I thought Kamarnock started the game quite well. They yeah. put yeah. a lot of pressure on us and as I was watching that I thought to myself why don't you ever do this in the league? I, I, thought, I don't <laughs> want to dwell on that point too much. I, I thought the same against Aberdeen. Like these two teams, you seem to give it their all for semi-finals. I'm like, right, okay, but it, it's not like you, you don't run out of energy. You can do that last week. Yeah. You can do it every week. And I'm sure their managers maybe think the same thing half the time. Well, there's no nil-nil to be had in a semi-final, I suppose. Is that? Never, I, I, but, uh, not to back and forth. It's a point you've made. You're not going to get nil-nil at Celtic no, Park no. anyway. You mean it's it's in fact it's what you've been Aye. sort of saying. The point you might as well try. Yeah. You, and, they, and they show they can do it in these cup semi-finals. It brings us back nicely to the remember we sat here after that first game after the break, and you said. Look, 
uh, Jim Goodwin, this can seriously derail your season. One winning, what nearly is it six or something? Six, five, five, maybe even more than that. Aye, so, like, you can see why. Like, they they went into that game yesterday on a hiding to nothing. Yeah. They got any extra time, but to go into that game losing what six or seven games in a row, right. get one win. This is why you're like, why don't you just go out and play football and and try and enjoy it? Not Jim Goodwin. No, not Jim Goodwin. Not uh, Derek McInnes. Not Derek McInnes either. Um, one man that was thought he was going to enjoy it was Kyle Lafferty. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm dumpling yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. Absolute like, pounder. Uh, I, was, I, was <laughs> gonna, I was. I was going to. I mean, I was going to wait to discuss the goal, but I mean, we've, we, well, do you know what? Let's just go through the run all I've got here because we're going to get to go shortly, and it does tie into what I want to talk about next. So they did start it. He was causing some problems, particularly for Starfelt. I wasn't too impressed with the left side of Celtic's no, defence. No, no, uh, no. That that was a problem again. Starfelt had another one of his Hamden moments yeah. uh, in the in the first half. He gave the ball away. To twice quite badly once was I think once was exacerbated by the surface because he played a, an admittedly quite poor ball into Juranovic but Juranovic slipped and then all mm. of a sudden Kilmarnock broke away with it however I, I forgive him for the second one because it gave us one of the most genuinely hilarious oh moments of the first God. half oh, yes. when he gave the ball straight to Kyle Lafferty and Lafferty shot from about 50 yeah. yards <laughs> miles and miles over the bar what Kyle Lafferty's again we, we may as well open the floor to talking about that absolute pudding of right, a okay, just, just before we do can I just make something clear to every journalist and pundit and Kyle Lafferty did a bad Bad thing, <laughs> right? Without getting too much into the weeds of it, right? Because you can go read our Twitter feed. We ranted about it there. He did a bad thing, and <laughs> you don't sort of congratulate the return of him. Oh, he's choking the play against Celtic. Oh God, he did a bad thing. And he's doing we, star jumps, remember? <laughs> and he was doing star jumps, and it's not the responsibility of only Celtic fans to be annoyed at this. We all should be annoyed at what Kyle Lafferty said and did, unless, of course, you think he was. Specifically talking to that one gentleman in the nightclub, which we know he wasn't. We know that he was expressing beliefs that he has about lots of people who stay in this country. So that's that's really all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, well, one journalist mentioned numerous times on this podcast in the past decided that it was in fact a battle of who could take the moral oh, high ground. Man. The moral high ground. What what on earth is this? See if Kyle Lafferty decides to use sectarian language in a nightclub. See if he decides to be a 35-year-old, twice-married father of three in a mm. nightclub. Um, in this <laughs> right? and Almost as heinous as using <laughs> the language. <laughs> and, then, and then use the sectarian language. That's nothing to do with moral high ground. No, it's not. And it's nothing to do with Celtic either. No, it's, it's absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with them. That's exactly my yeah. point. It's not a competition, you and Murray, <laughs> um, between the, oh, well, see, it's almost not as bad because Celtic, some Celtic fans say, yeah, he's not just insulting Celtic fans with that one. He's insulting their parents and our grandparents and people who don't yeah. watch Celtic and everyone of that particular. That's who he's insulting. So it's no, it doesn't really balance off in the way you think it does. But that's the problem, Stephen <laughs> and Melly, with the traditional media. Um, they, yep. now, they now see it as their job to be pals with footballers and to protect footballers against criticism and that's why you should support our podcast because we don't do that <laughs> I know I'm being cynical there but it's the bloody truth oh, it is, well it is indeed yeah, yeah it is the bloody truth so we're at Kyle Lafferty right so mm. he comes back he shoots for the halfway line yep. and he gets hooked at half time scores an <laughs> <So> own goal <laughs> <Scores> <laughs> as well. come on uh, he's, he, it wasn't on target but we're going to mm. give him credit for it yeah. uh, if anything uh, <laughs> The star jumps thing, right? So he was doing star jumps mm. and bringing Derek McInnes breakfast and all that. She maybe eased off a few of the star jumps because he was absolutely knackered. <laughs> 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 I feel like Derek McInnes must have been at the side of the pitch. Like, well, I've been bumming you up all, all week in the media. Do you remember that old video? In fact, it was a couple of years ago now. It was a postman getting in trouble because there was a, a wee old woman fell in the street or at her door mm. or something like that and he just walked past and didn't do anything. He just said, I can't help you, I'm knackered. <laughs> <laughs> no, can I help you? I'm too knackered and just kept walking. I feel like Kyle Lafferty was giving that sort of energy but, to Derek McInnes. But this is the thing, right, Melly? Derek McInnes is a football manager, right? A, a supposedly a serious individual with a cup semi final to win. He would have known Kyle Lafferty was not fit enough yeah. to play in that game, not fit enough to play any impact in that game whatsoever. But he thought Kyle Lafferty's ruddy energy, all that built up <laughs> inside of him. He thought, oh, that'll push him through. It's, it's a meme. He's a, you basically had a mascot up front there. Go and get the flute. <laughs> <laughs> he's, G, G Kyle up before the game. Know, yeah, <laughs> Go and get the drums. He, he, stuck a, he stuck a mascot up front to influence the game. And you know what? I'm glad he did. I'm glad that he, he had one of those horror shows where he was effectively responsible for a goal. Shot for the halfway line, get hooked at halftime. Could have went better for the guy. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, <laughs> Kyle. There was a wee moment right at the start of the game where I think he won a corner or a throw-in and the, the, 
the ball sort of came back mm. to him. Uh, it was out of play, so he pit, he does a wee keep you up with the ball, and the Celtic fans are booming. And he just has this smirk on his face. <laughs> like, oh mate, so if we see if we beat you, I'd love it. <laughs> I'd love it if we beat him. He's got but, the headphones on and everything. <laughs> but then uh, for him to have that absolute howler of a game where he does absolutely nothing, causes the goal, then is looking about shouting as if. Who can I blame? Yes. Here? Oh, there's nobody to blame but myself. All the time, all your life, you go through like Keenan Tierney scoring against Man City. You're like, oh, give it to Tierney. This one, I'm like, give it to Lafferty. <laughs> give it to the guy that scored the OG. My disappointments from the game regarding him. Yeah, that's enough Lafferty talk. He's had more than enough time in the podcast. Oh, no, I've just one got more. One, one more. more. Got one more no. So the disappointments were it wasn't an OG credited to him the second disappointment was he got hooked at half time so we didn't get to see him trudge off the <laughs> yeah, pitch like that, the holiday one that yeah. was class because he should have been hooked well before that because he was miles off it see when he did that with the goal uh, you can almost see him as well he, 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 he tries to just sort of shepherd it out of play right? Mm. Do, do the wee kind of volley at the back post that puts it out for a corner you can almost see him waiting for the congratulations from the keeper for a great bit of defending the ball comes over and he just sort of ushers right. it he out he thought he play. was on the pitch himself <laughs> so. he was surprised to find two Celtic players standing behind <laughs> uh, him uh, that's why he was so angry the, with that goal um, I was over the other side so uh, down the other side so it's, it's a Celtic goal yeah, yes lovely stuff and then it wasn't until uh, John Paul with me got the replay and then he seen the ball going like who was that at the back post that done that then it's quite easy to pick out Vicar and Kyle Laffey because he has orange boots on <laughs> all the time <laughs> uh, Celtic's left side of the defence you, you, you brought that up about yeah, 10 yeah, minutes uh, ago uh, my dad texts the group chat occasionally when right. he's watching Celtic games he just texts Burnaby is rubbish Yeah and, uh, Big Totty uh, We Totty with you oh, who, who was it used to call a Totty My dad uh, Jan Veniger Jan Veniger is <laughs> <laughs> Jan Veniger um, So but he just put in the group chat Burnaby is rubbish And you know what It's difficult to disagree with my dad on that one uh, Right Burnaby I It still applies now Right mm. It still applies that he is It's early days for him and uh, I think Ange has said recently that he's played a little bit more than he would have expected by this point. Yes. And we said when Greg Taylor got injured that this is an opportunity for him because the position's his, right? But I have to say I'm quite worried about it now. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit worried with his contribution because I'm not concerned about the chat about his age. I'm not really buying that yet mm. because, yes, he is quite young, but also... 22 for those. Who... Kind of. He's kind of yeah. young. Is he 22 he's, now? He's yeah. 22, so he's the same age as Matt O'Reilly. He's the same age as Abada. But more pressingly than that, he is significantly older than some of our best players over the last five or six years. Guys who were expected to carry this team, significantly older than Kieran Tierney, than Christopher Ayer, than Moussa Dembele, than mm. Odson Edward, than Jeremy Frimpong, all these guys, right? So the age, for me, isn't a factor. Yeah. What is a factor, what I will stick up for him, is that none of those guys came from Argentina and had yeah. to adapt to... He's probably never played in weather like that either. <laughs> exactly. So he's, the, none of those guys came from as far flung a place as that, having never played in Europe mm. before. So that's where, where I will stick up for him. I'm just not... I'm not moved by the, by the chat that he's too young to contribute just now. I don't think that's the case. I think 22 is, is plenty old enough to be contributing. I, I, I'm not, not seeing anything with him did they come off? He came off the bench against Hibs and actually looked quite good, didn't he? I think he, he, he has flashes, doesn't he? Yeah, he definitely he does. There's definitely something there, but we need to see a wee bit more from him. And it's he's a little bit, um, a little bit headless chicken just now. Now I've got I've got plenty of room in my heart for an agent of chaos no, in do, a football yeah. team, but that there is just a, not at left back. Th yeah. <laughs> razor thin line between agent of chaos and heedless chicken and he's starting to take just wee steps towards the, the wrong side of that see if I was being kind about Burnaby Martin Melly I would say that the part of the game he seems to be struggling with is the, the more the tactical side of it playing further up playing further inside he has a bit headless chicken and you wonder is it just is he just taking a while to adapt to the way that we want to play now that's not an excuse because everyone that's come in the door at the same time as him has adapted yeah. but if you're being charitable is that one thing you would say or do you just think he's rubbish eh uh, Possibly, <laughs> but the <laughs> things that I'm worried about are the sheer basics of the uh, the one in the first half where it it was right on the byline and the guy goes past him, and there's ones in the second half where the ball's been played inside him as well, and I'm just like these are the basics, yeah. and that's on top of the passing straight to other players. Uh, he's just he's not looking good, and I, I want the guy to do well. I will give him more time. He is still young, but I can't help but think, right, 
back when Bowling Goalie signed, was I giving Bowling Goalie this much leeway before mm. I said he's no very good mm. at football? I think the ceiling's higher with a uh, uh, Bernabe, but so he is. A, I mean, the age thing doesn't. But he was a lot younger than Bowling Goalie. Bowling yeah, Goalie yeah, came yeah. as the sort of. I think the difference there is Bowling Goalie came as a finished product. Yeah. Whereas we bought Bernabe in the understanding that he had a bit of improving to do. Yeah, and. With bowling goalie, I'm like, there's nothing here. There's yeah. nothing here. Whereas Burnaby, I have seen flashes of, you know what, he is pacey, he is going good forward. I'm not even getting that off him right now. Mm. So the the bad things aren't being outweighed by the good that he does in the game. Look, it's difficult conditions, difficult pitch and all that. He did get better sort of as the game went on, but that's only because he set such a low standard for himself from the start. So... I think it might just be a wee confidence thing as well because look at these games are difficult when you're coming over it. You are a small guy. He doesn't shirk it. He doesn't hide, which mm. I'll give him that. But I just want to see better from the basics, the letting guys drift past you and letting balls go in behind you. If teams see that, they're going to target it. So you need to deal with it. And he has to deal with it better for me. But I still think I'm going to give him time. And that, Miller, that, that deserves said again as well because I know we opened up earlier by saying the various conditions and the circumstances of, the, of this game placed a very low ceiling on the quality yeah. of this game. It deserves to be said again that we are viewing Bernabe's performance through that lens as well. It was It's probably unlikely that a guy like that is going to stand out in a game. It's not impossible because no, he's there, yeah. he's, a, he's a professional footballer. He could be the man of the match. But I, I, I think it's harsh to judge him fully on that. But I think... Having watched them closely, because he's a new he's a new signing, we're always excited about those. So I have having watched them closely, there is definitely something there. Huh? I just I just want to kind of hmm. see where where it's going, and I, I don't want to see this kind of regression. Yes, he might be playing a wee bit more than he would have expected at this time, but sometimes that's how it happens. That's how football happens. Yeah. You look back to uh, maybe a go to example. I always think of like. Moussa Dembele was, what, 19 when Griffiths got injured uh, before that 5-1 game and he went on, he took that opportunity, never looked back and I'll became... never forget the chat before that game yeah. about how will Celtic get on with Griff without yeah. Griffiths and all that. That was Unbelievably, that was the pattern yeah. around so that time. He took that opportunity, ran with it and became one of Celtic's best players in the last what, couple of decades, Moussa mm. Dembele, all at a very young age. I'm, I, I want to stress, I hasten to add, I'm not expecting Bernabe to do that. I don't want I don't want him to be Moussa Dembele. I do want him to be Moussa Dembele. Yeah. <laughs> I don't expect yeah. him to be Moussa Dembele. But, you know, sometimes, what I'm saying is, sometimes this is how it falls for you. These are the opportunities that are presented to yeah. you as a footballer and you need, kind of need to take them. I'm not making any lasting judgments on the guy at all. It's still early and he's still got a lot of potential, but I'm a little bit concerned with how he's been playing recently. 18-19, maybe, but 22 where he has been a first-team player. Mm. And look, uh, the players that look good in that game were guys like Moy McGregor, who have been there and done it, who are calm on the ball. That's not really Burnaby's game. I'm just, I'm really needing to see something from Look, Celtic have got a decent run of games coming up. We've got St Mirren and Morton, so I would expect to see better from him. But I need to see something soon. I'm going to pull you up here. You said Ooh. the guys that were good in that game were uh, Moy and McGregor. I think another guy that deserves a bit of credit once again is Dyes Maida, especially, oh, yes. especially for the finish that never was. Oh. Yeah, yeah. The I, It was a game of a lack of quality, but these players showed quality in a different way with a hard-working endeavour. Tom McGregor was excellent, yeah, by the way. If that, just in case we go too far without mentioning that, yeah. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, because even, even he was giving away loose balls, so I thought, oh, maybe there is something in yeah. this pitch. But uh, he was driving forward, him and Moy, and dies in Maeda again. It's why if you work hard, things will fall for you because he, he was brilliant. And look, he scores great goals, he scores weird goals, and this was another one like, in off his chest because he's in there making a nuisance of himself and he deserves every bit of it. The the run he's on right now, goal scoring wise, is incredible. But also the just the work he puts in and Stephen, you always talk about it, like some of it you don't notice, but because sitting at Hamden, I'm sitting somewhere different, you just see some of the runs he makes. And there was one time where Kumarnak right back got the ball and was looking up the pitch to play it up, takes his touch, plays it up. Maeda started over in the centre forward position, sprints over, closes the guy down and blocks the cross, eh, blocks the, the ball and it goes out for a shy. That's just completely mm -hmm. taking any pressure off Celtic. Celtic can come up the pitch and put pressure back on Kumarnak. And it's just these wee things that the guy does. You're like, you, you deserve everything you get because you do these wee things. It was a game for guys like him. It was mm -hmm. a game for guys like him where they'll make the difference because they're working hard. They've got a bit of quality, but they can put themselves through it and he done that. I just love watching the guy play these days. He was unlucky with the Kyogo offside. 
Oh, oh that was a finish and a half. I've got issues. I've got issues with that's that. A, I've I, got issues with that. No, I, not that, that I, I'm not disputing the offside as as it stands. He was offside. I just don't think the offside rule should be a rule in football now that can really only be determined by computer interference or camera interference. The referee yeah. on the day, like no referee in the world is going to pick up that Kyogo's heel is offside when the ball's played into him. There's no linesman possibly that could pick that up. So that's a decision that only a computer can really make. And I, even if they could, so what? So I, what's the advantage being gained there? It's, exactly. It's absurd to me. I, I think that this is one of those occasions where it's, yes, it's disappointing that Maeda was robbed of that goal. Celtic were robbed of the goal, of course, as well. But even him, because with that goal, he would have been firmly the big thing about that game. Oh, yeah. History, it doesn't matter about the quality of the game. What history would have read years from now is that in a turgid sort of stuffy affair against uh, dogged Kilmarnock Dyson Maida rose to the occasion and dragged Celtic through with two goals at one of amazing quality that's what it would have said mm. had that, that goal counted but it's not it wasn't to be it did get one goal but I, and I'm kind of glad that after a series of absolutely beautiful finishes from him he's back to scoring the eyesores yeah. that we know he's capable <laughs> of with that Lafferty thing but Quite aside from that, quite aside from the disappointment from Celtic's point of view and you know, personally, individually, my mm. point of view, it's, it's an example of why VAR and the rules as they stand just now... Is this super VAR or not technically? Well, no, it's, it's, not technically, it's, a, it's, a, it's adjacent. VAR, <laughs> VAR adjacent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's another example... Vario cut. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to think of another one now. Uh, um, Vario party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's another example of why the rules and the implementation of VAR don't serve football itself because all that did was just take away a brilliant goal mm. yes you could say it's offside and it is offside under the current rules but where was the advantage being gained by Kyogo facing away from goal with his heel slightly off the ground in advance of the defenders mm. no one is convincing me that that's an advantageous position to take up because he's basically in line with the defender and one of his feet happens to yeah. be slightly off centre yeah. I faced it, away for goal eh? I, yeah. it, it's, it's broader than that it's not a Celtic problem that's a we've lost sight of what these things are supposed to do why are we bringing things into football I'm not just talking about VAR but the rules why are we bringing wordings of rules in that seek to right how can we take this goal away how can mm. we chop this off Let's find something. There's a heel. The goal doesn't stand and never will. Yeah. So that's so, dumb. so why? How does this serve football? How does this make anyone's experience any better? Yeah, it, it, it makes Kamarnik's you know, experience slightly better in that the goal didn't count. But I mean, really, it will happen to them at some point as well. Yeah. Probably these these daft rules. So now nah, I was I was disappointed with that. To be honest, nothing. No, I got a leg to stand on. No, got a heel to stand <laughs> on because of the the wording of the rule. But it's just as I say, it just doesn't serve football at all. This. Couple of peaches. Remember the Jota goal at Motherwell, was it? That was oh, the chopped. one we never saw. Oh, <laughs> and then that one. Goals like that shouldn't be disallowed for wee minor infringements like that. It was a great bit of play from Celtic. The whole move was absolutely class. The flick, the awareness from Hugo, and even the finish from Maeda was like Henri Esco on it. It was brilliant. It was a, a great goal. And when it happened in the ground, and then you're like, what are they possibly checking here? Because like, Maeda ran and uh, it just no. he didn't see how it was going to be uh, disallowed in any way and then after you're like oh, come on man it's I, not very fair that I, something of that quality can be taken away for and an, is it even is an it, infringement like an yeah. inch of his heel that was offside yeah, yeah. it's pointless it's, I don't want to spend too much time talking about like the officiating because it's boring yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. the, the Maeda um, sorry the Hitati offside as well was a bit of a weird one the interfering with play rule that everyone's been discussing with reflection of Rashford and all that this week sort of been highlighted um, the big thing that everyone was talking about uh, off the back of the game including Derek McInnes was the Yakimakis fill uh, I am uh, or non-fill as it was no penalty I'm of a mind Melly to say that if that happened I said the player would be looking for a penalty oh yeah yeah if you were to go around again like we did uh, last week oh, yeah. pen 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 should yeah. I do that yeah okay so pen for me it's a pen <laughs> right pen pen there yeah. we go yeah, I think it's so clumsy from him. It's something that frustrates me about him as well. He, instead of just holding his ground, whether he's facing the ball or facing a player, he just barges right through. So clumsy at that point in the game. The guy, whether you think it's a dive or not, Yakimakis has put that guy in that position. Like You've got a big, massive guy coming through the back of you. I think if it happens anywhere else on the pitch, which is stupid, oh, you're looking at me and I realise what I said. Keep going, keep going, it's fine. Nobody's saying anything. (laughs) And uh, if it happens anywhere else on the pitch, like they always say, then I think it would have been a foul for it not to be given there. I think 
I would be screaming for it. I'd think it's a penalty as well. So I can understand why Kilmarnock think it's a penalty. Still think if they had uh, got the penalty, Celtic would have went on and won the game. But look, we say it, we've said it time after time, time and time again. If you think we're paranoid, moaning about refs, don't come back here yes. when you don't get a decision from one of the refs who he repeatedly highlights saying it's terrible at his job. Willie Collum tried to make that game about himself twice in one half. The ball hit him from passes <laughs> trying to go that. through. <laughs> yeah. So you let this guy wants to be in the middle. I'm surprised he didn't give it, to be honest, because I always say he gives penalties he doesn't see. Yeah. So I, I heard someone on a, another podcast, or even it might have even been the radio, only last week saying, I can, honestly wish I could credit the person, but it was a great point. They're going, I, their point was, I don't think Willie Collum knows what a penalty looks like. <laughs> and then someone replied, well, yeah, because he only gives them when that happens behind him. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's kind of where that comes from. I am... Um, I just think it's it's fine now though I'm glad that happened because uh, we can all stop being paranoid yeah. um, there's nothing wrong with the referees uh, Keith Jackson of the Daily Record <laughs> uh, the sports editor wrote a, a wonderful column saying today the, the non-penalty of Yakimakis should put all conspiracy theories to bed and I thought to myself who, who's got the conspiracy theories? Some yeah. fringe nuts on the internet might think there's a massive conspiracy going on again. That's not what we're talking about here. The conversation for weeks has been about how bad referees are and it is so weird to me that journalists in this country, once again, are like, you know that meme where a poo from The Simpsons is like jumping in front <laughs> of a front bullet? Of a bullet. <laughs> they're doing this. They're taking bullets for Kyle Lafferty. They're fucking taking bullets for... It's like, what's that naked gun where OJ Simpson gets shot and he stands in a rake and all that? You know that, <laughs> you know that one? They ends up... The, it's like that. Oh, refs. Oh, bang. Oh, Kyle Lafferty. Bang. Oh, shit, man. It's like... Just, it's okay. We're allowed to say no. the refs are crap because they are crap. And it, there you go. Was Willie call him crap for not giving that penalty? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. In my opinion, I mean, there, there you go. As the look, the end result doesn't really matter. But the reason, as you've said, look, the reason this is a debate and it's worth talking about just now, despite the fact that it doesn't matter, Celtic in our shared opinions now got away with one there. But the reason it's worth talking about is because we're going to have this cast up as for the rest of time now because we got that that decision. Do you I know mean, what? I, I should have said after the game. And should have said after the game. Look, I've been critical for, of VAR for weeks and critical about what's happening. And there's VAR missed another one. We should have had. A, yeah, we should yeah. have. We should have conceded a penalty and VAR's missed it. Yeah, that would have sent the cat right amongst the pigeons <laughs> if he did that. <laughs> Imagine the manager coming out and criticising the ref for not giving a penalty against them. Yeah, I, well, again, he's never he's never going to do that, of course, because that no. would, that would be that would be insane. But it's. It, there was always insane. <laughs> that's, that's it's what, really insane, unusual. Insane. Well, uh, well, it, it, but it's the point. Us, but we can't just really speak for anyone else. But the point we've been trying to make is that it's about the refs. Like no yeah. one can see that. No one can ever see the bigger picture. Mm. It's always just Celtic fans, us Rangers fans, do that. So let's just slag each other back if mm. a decision goes. So I'm I'm willing to admit that that. Should have been a penalty. I was astonished it wasn't given as a penalty because it would have been the easiest thing in the world. And see if that was given as a penalty, I don't think there's a single thing we could have said about no. it. How do you how do you defend that? Do you uh, the think... guy went over a wee bit too easily and all that. But then you're you're into the realms of mm, that's not quite enough contact for me, which isn't really a thing. That's the mm. that, that's the kind of thing people only say when you know it's a foul, but you don't want it to be. It right, would have been the. He gave the ref a decision to make. <laughs> yeah. That's the first thing. Let me, let me play devil's advocate here, right? And I'm so reluctant to do this, right? But I think we need to be fair to ourselves in this podcast and be uh, have integrity in our arguments sometimes in this podcast. So dignity. Get, dignity. <laughs> no, seriously, we have to have integrity. So we have on this podcast in the past said sometimes referees don't want to make decisions because they don't want to be the headline. They don't yeah, want yeah. to be all the talk, all the paper talk because blah, 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 blah. For the last fortnight, all the discussion has been, and there's been a lot of discussion in particular, about penalties given against Celtic that are not given against Rangers. Uh, given Willie Collum is probably not a man of great testicular fortitude, <laughs> is, he, is he going into that game going, oh my God, please don't, please don't make me give a penalty against Celtic. Please don't make me give a penalty against Celtic because all we're talking about this week is penalties against Celtic. And that guy hits the, the deck and he's like, no, fuck, no <laughs> chance, I'm not giving that. I, no, was nearly, no, no. I was nearly out of here in three minutes. Come on, come <laughs> yeah, on, guys, I, just ignore it. Like I, the like, one thing uh, we didn't want to happen and he's <laughs> like, do you know what, I'll just turn a blind eye to it. And then the, the VAR, they're like, nope, didn't see a thing, carry on. Aye, quite possibly. I you think... know, what I'm saying, comically, but what I mean is, do you think in any way that the pressure got to the ref at any point? Do you think that permeates the refs? in a way that would benefit Celtic what I would say is it's probably different given the time of 
the game it was mm-hmm. it's probably easier to just not give it at that time of the game when it is pre- again I, I couldn't I couldn't imagine what's going on in these people's heads but I, see I if that imagine... game had to went extra time I would have been furious tens of thousands of people would absolutely bane <laughs> we can, can't feel their faces anymore <laughs> now we've got to sit through another half an hour of this thanks Willie Cobb that's the worst noise come on it would have scored the thing right mm. enough but I I, I don't I don't know is the answer to that. I think it's possibly I think it might be easier to just ignore it, just get well mm. for an easy life. Just it's really cool. Wanting to go up the road as well. Right, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So no, I don't I'm I'm astonished it wasn't given, quite quite frankly. Mm. Even despite the fact that you could debate left and right as to whether it was a penalty or not, or whether it was too soft a, a contact and all that, but I'm amazed they didn't give it. See, when you say you're amazed they didn't give it, you think it's a foul, don't you? Yeah, but, but I can they, but I can see various debates back yeah. and forth. Yeah, but it's part of the amazement because of the penalties being given against Celtic and because of the standard of ref. So mm. while we're looking at Willie Collum and saying, right, you let us get away with that one, but the reason we got away with it is because they've made so many mistakes and we've seen so many penalties against Celtic. You're like, I can't understand that. Yeah. and now you it's got to the point where you're like. Right, I think that's a foul, but I am astonished that it's not given <laughs> is because of how these referees are. I'm just right. going to start looking at the referees of Scotland as people that are afraid to make decisions. Mm, game changes. Right, yeah. There's a referee in the, the other semi-final um, who gave the red card. I can't remember who he was. Stonewaller. Blatant, blatant red card for the, the Aberdeen oh, captain. Oh yeah, I that captain's that, an yeah. absolute idiot. Yeah, that? I don't know what he's thinking going through the Rangers play that. So that, I don't want to talk anymore about the Rangers game, but that, that was fair enough. I thought that was fair enough, but he couldn't avoid that one but no. I think I'm just going to look at referees as guys who are afraid to make decisions now that's kind of what it looks like I think that's what we're seeing with handballs as well yeah, they yeah. want to drag us back down that tedious road yeah. as well but I think that's what we're seeing with handballs because there is the room because there's a wiggle room there of how subjective it is mm. it's the easiest thing in the world to say no I don't think it was deliberate yeah. and that's why the rule doesn't and it's doesn't changed because I think there's been a marked difference in how handballs have been refereed so yeah. and I think the, everyone knows like there was this meeting with the, the journalists and, and the, the referees now that happened during the World Cup where the referees kind of admitted Burnaby and O'Reilly was wrong the directive we were yeah. sending to the referees to be super strict on handballs or whatever whatever the decision was those are wrong clean slate we're starting again after the World Cup and I think now what you say is it's just like look let's get home and home. let's take it 800 quid and get back <laughs> back up the road back home now we'll do another one then because these things even themselves out over the course yeah. of the uh, season so we've got another one not to get given against us don't well, we well Ange said uh, they don't but maybe they, that is an effort to even things up right look in the subject of integrity <laughs> I, I think there's something important we need to do we've had in the last two of the last four podcasts we have sort of side-eyed Joe Hart and said look yes. he's starting to look a bit shaky in that game excellent Melly. oh great he had a good save uh, early doors and look that was a game where you could see a keeper's mistake easily happening because the conditions the pitch we keep talking about it was horrible Joe Hart made good saves good saves no no outstanding saves you wouldn't have expected them to make but saves that if some of those shots had they went in and on that pitch you would have thought maybe you can put it down to the thing the pitch but he was great he was just sawed throughout caught everything and I did want to highlight him because we have highlighted some things in recently ah uh, maybe he's getting past it oh that game he gets praised deservedly so because he made some important saves even the the header which was a free header in the sec- uh, the first half wasn't the best of headers, but it was really, really awkward and bounced up and he didn't take any chances with it. He made a save that didn't look great aesthetically, but he made the save and that's all that matters. So clean sheet for Joe, totally deserves it and deserves the praise. I thought the first save he made was brilliant. I, I thought that was really excellent. If that's the one that Starfield gave away and they, yeah. they had a, a wee breakaway because it looked like... It looked like he'd done that goalkeeping thing where he'd shifted his weight already mm. onto his left foot and then had to die. That was low down. On yeah, the it was like yeah. it was low down. It was going across him. It was. It looked as if it was curving towards the the post, mm. not or towards the post, but in inside the bottom corner. And he did get get down to it and put it out for a for a corner. So yeah, I th- I thought that was a great save and a huge moment because yeah. it was very early on and Kamarnock had started quite well and it just. I don't get me wrong. Like this Celtic team goes, even when they go a goal down, which is fairly infrequently domestically, um, barely any this season to be honest. But it never feels like, especially if it's early, it never feels like Celtic get out of the game. Mm. But with what all we've said today about how the it was a bit of a stuffy game and the conditions were terrible, you never know how these things can go. You don't want to be one 0 down after what was that 
five, six minutes yeah. or something, maybe even less than that. So yeah, it was a, a big moment for Joe Hart. And we have we have put him under a little bit of scrutiny recently. Um, not that we've ever been anything other than massive fans of him. No. So it's only right that we, we acknowledge how important he was in this game. Because integrity is, and that's what I'm after. <laughs> uh, support us on Patreon. Do the right thing. Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tim's extra podcasts, extra videos, extra writing. And if you don't want to support us on Patreon, you can support us in loads of different ways that don't cost any money. You can retweet us, you can tell a friend, you can leave a comment, you can subscribe on YouTube. Um, what else can they do Stephen tell a uh, family member uh, and that basically covers it follow it <laughs> um, but most of all listen thank you for watching and listening we'll see you next week ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.